Well, in our Christmas series that we're calling Unto Us, we have been unpacking this amazing prophecy by the prophet Isaiah, which is taken out of chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. To us a child is born. To us a son is given. Facing exceptional protests, French President Emmanuel Macron is promising to speed up tax relief for struggling workers. And the government will be on his shoulders. China continues to attack Canada for the arrest of one of its top corporate telecommunications executives. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Toronto police have laid new charges, arrested a seventh student, and rearrested four others in connection to allegations of sexual assault at St. Michael's College School. And he will be called Prince of Peace. Friends, in spite of the tremendous turmoil in our world today, in spite of the massive brokenness in the lives of many of the people that we love and care about, in spite of all the bad news reports we see on the television and read on the internet, the Bible is clear. Jesus Christ is still the Prince of Peace. Amen? He's still the Prince of Peace. And in Him and through Him alone do we experience the shalom of God, the peace of God. Shalom is an Old Testament Hebrew word which means completeness or wholeness. And the New Testament insists that it is only through Jesus Christ that we experience completeness or wholeness in this life. And therefore, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace, we can be at peace with God. We know from the Bible and from our own personal experience that the world uh, doesn't think much about God. In fact, uh, most of the world wants nothing to do with God. The world's system, the cosmos, the world itself is, is, a, is a system of belief that, that, that cares not about God. Its values, its ethics are anti-God, if not anti-Christ. In fact, uh, Romans 5.10 actually says, Without a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, we are actually enemies of God. Now, that sounds a little harsh, I know, but that comes right from the inspired Word of God. Without faith in Christ, if you live apart from God, you live apart from Christ, you're actually an enemy of God. So, so when, you, when you finally put your trust in Jesus, the Bible says... You're not only born again by the Spirit of God, you also have peace with God so that enmity, that strife between you and God is over. The war is over. You're no longer an enemy of of God. You become a friend of God. You become a servant of God the moment you step into faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and are separated from God because of sin and disobedience. But God loves us. (laughs) 
He loves us and he doesn't want to punish us. But he has to deal with the sin in our lives. And so he solved that problem in the most amazing way by sending his one and only son, Jesus, to live the perfect life and to die the perfect death and to pay the penalty for our sin when he died upon the cross. He's our substitute. He's the perfect sacrifice for sin. And just like John 1.12 says, everyone who receives him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. So you become, you become an authentic, uh, born-again child of God by believing in Jesus Christ. Just, just last Sunday, someone on our stage made, made the comment that we're all God's children. Well, yes, we are all created in the image of God, so there is a God-likeness, a, 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 a place in our lives that is, that is uh, God-like. Uh, but the Bible is clear that the only genuine, true, genuine, authentic children of God are those who believe in Jesus. It makes that distinction. John 1.12 is, is it. Those who receive him by believing in his name become children of God. So there's a distinction there. When you do that, when you believe in Jesus, you're forgiven for your sins. Praise God. You step into a new relationship with God that is characterized by peace. Peace with God. The Prince of Peace brings the shalom of God into your life by grace alone, through faith alone, and we are changed forever. Furthermore, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace, we can be at peace with ourselves. Oh, wouldn't you love that? (laughs) To be at peace with yourself? (laughs) The Huffington Post recently ran uh, an article that uh, talked about fear, our our fears uh, as human beings. It featured a, a series of comics depicting common fears that children have alongside of the fears that adults have, and, and they're not too far apart. Uh, there's a strong similarity between them. In the article, the cartoons illustrate the following pairs. Childhood fear, Santa at the mall. <laughs> right? How many times you pass by that display in some mall this last week, and some poor kid is sitting on Santa's knee screaming his head off. Childhood fear, Santa at the mall. Adult fear, Spending too much money at the mall, right? Childhood fear, bad dreams. Adult fear, unfulfilled dreams. Childhood fear, strangers. Adult fear, incredible social anxiety. Childhood fear, clowns. My granddaughters hate clowns. Adult fear, clowns. <laughs> so no matter, how, <laughs> no matter how old we get, right, we're never very far away from some of those fears and anxieties in our life. Everybody's afraid of something, right? Everybody's anxious about something, so you're in good company today, if, if that describes you. But, friends, Jesus Christ came to give us peace. And part of the purpose for which he came was to deal with that stuff. You know what I mean by stuff? That, those anxieties, those fears. Jesus came to give us peace over that. He, gave, he came to give us not only peace with God, 
which he achieved by his atonement, by his death on the cross, and our faith exerted in that, when we, do, when we have faith in his finished work on the cross, we, we receive peace with God. We step into that peaceful relationship with God. But, but he also gives us a deep sense of the peace of God, which helps us to stand straight and be steady in times of trial and tribulation. Does that make sense? Peace with God leads to the peace of God. And that's the premise of, of a verse like Philippians 4, verse 7, where Paul says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's one of the very first verses that I ever memorized as a, as a baby Christian years ago. That, that's, a, that's a great verse. The peace of God which passes all human understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. He's got you covered, my friends. He's got you covered. So take heart. Jesus has overcome. John chapter 16, uh, verse 33. Jesus himself said, "I, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. Don't we know it? But take heart, I have overcome the world. He's got you covered. He's, he's overcome the world. And because he's in us and we're in him, we also become overcomers. That's part of our nature as, as born-again people. You know, as a baby Christian, I remember years ago uh, singing that old hymn. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We forfeit the peace that belongs to us. I mean, God has given us peace, but we forfeit that peace. We surrender what is rightfully ours. Our birthright, the peace of God, is our birthright as believers. But we forfeit that. We surrender it. We give up. And we bear needless pain all because we simply refuse to trust Jesus with everything. We run to the cell phone and phone a friend before we talk to Jesus about it. You know, we forfeit peace. We, we should turn to him first. So, so let's not forfeit any more peace. Let's not forfeit an ounce of peace. Let's keep it all to ourselves. <laughs> no. We're going to get there in just a minute. But we carry everything to God in prayer. We leave it with him, trusting him fully to provide everything we need. And finally, because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace, we can be at peace with other people. We can be at peace with others. Do you remember that song that the heavenly hosts sang that night? Christmas Eve, the night that Jesus was born. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Would you read these verses with me out loud, please? Luke 2, 13, 14. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You see, the, the perfect plan of God in the beginning was for his people to live at peace with one another. And he redeclared that on the night that Jesus was born. Peace on earth. That's at, the, that's at the heart of the Father. 
But Adam and Eve, I mean, Adam and Eve messed that up way back in Genesis chapter 3 when they refused to do it God's way, when they thought they were smarter than God and chose to disobey God. They messed everything up, including the perfect plan of peace that God had for our lives. So you have to go way back. You can't just go back to Obama or, 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 or Bush or, or Nixon to find cause for the lack of peace in our world. You've got to go all the way back to Genesis 3 and look at Adam and Eve. They're the cause of it. Everywhere you look, you see brokenness, broken lives, broken relationships, broken systems, broken churches, all because of sin and disobedience to God and selfishness and an unwillingness to live in peace with other people. But God sent his son Jesus into the world to rescue us and to restore us and to restore this this life of peace that he longs to give us. And when we enter a state of peace with God through faith in his son, Jesus Christ, when we place our faith in Jesus and his death and resurrection, we also get to enjoy the peace of God and share that with other people who need the peace of God. You know, they say a nurse is never really off duty. My wife is a registered nurse, and I would say that's true. She is never off duty. Right, Dara? You are a nurse, and you are, you're on it. You're on it. Julie uh, was a nurse, and she also was a brand-new bride. She just got married. On her wedding day, as the wedding party was walking uh, back to the hotel after the reception, walking down the street, Julie spotted... Uh, a lady that was sitting on a bench having a very hard time to breathe. And in that instant, as she was looking at this lady, the woman lost consciousness and sort of tumbled off the bench. Well, Julie kicked off her her shoes and ran over while the others called 911. Didn't matter that she just got married. I mean, she saw this as a matter of life and death. So she kicked off her shoes and jumped into action, performed CPR, and saved that woman's life. I have no idea who Julie is. I just read the story, but it is exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Followers of Jesus Christ are never really off duty either. Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I know, I know. You've got... You've got faces in your, in your head right now, right? I know. I know. I have a few names bouncing around in there too. I have a few faces that I can see when I close my eyes, so I'm not going to close my eyes. Seriously? If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone? Lord, do you know my next-door neighbor? Have you ever met my next-door neighbor? Day in and day out, living at peace with people is a full-time responsibility. One that I do not cherish as much as other responsibilities in the Christian life. You're never really off-duty. And yes, yes, yes. Uh, Sometimes it is not possible to live at peace with everybody. I mean, because there are people who don't want to live in peace with you. There are people who will will always push back 
People who don't want to make peace. They're happier stewing in their stuff than they are making peace with you. So that's why the Bible, inspired by the Spirit of God, says as much as possible. I mean, if it's possible, live at peace with everybody. But, but sometimes it's just not possible. You know that, and I know that. And there's not much that you can do about that. If somebody doesn't want to live at peace with you, there's not much you can do about that. You can't manipulate or manage or maneuver a situation to make them live at peace with you. If you're willing to live at peace with them and they're not willing to live at peace with you, there's not much you can do about that. But, but you, you have to continue to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Right? Am I right? You, you, you need to let the peace of God rule in your heart. Your heart is the only heart that you have responsibility for. So you just, you just do what's right before God and, and, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And as far as is possible, live at peace with everyone. The peace you get from the Prince of Peace is the peace you share with other people who need peace. Okay? So the peace that we live out with other people is the peace that comes from the Prince of Peace. You see? It's not something I have to manufacture. It's not something I have to stir up. It's not something I have to get inspired. You know? I don't have to watch late night television preachers pump me up before I can extend peace to others I already got that through the prince of peace he's given me the gift of peace and that's the peace that I need to share with other people who need peace you know tonight most of our family and a few friends and a few neighbors will gather at our house uh, and we will have a big birthday party together it's an annual Christmas tradition at the Linos it's something that we have been doing for over 30 years, we hold a big birthday party for Jesus, complete with a cake and candles and ice cream, and it's a lot of fun. But before we eat, which is always the top of the list on everybody's mind who comes, but before we eat, we act out the Christmas story, kind of like you saw on the video. It's about that much fun. We do about that much laughing, uh, but everybody has to play a part, and I mean everybody. So we... we, we we type out all of the parts in the play, and we put it in a hat. And whatever you pick, that's what you got to play. Well, we've had some really funny-looking donkeys uh, at our place over the years, I'll tell you. But you have to pick. So you, you might pick Caesar Augustus. You might be Mary or Joseph or the shepherd or, or the priest or Herod the king. You might be uh, the glory of the Lord shone about us. That's a part. Uh, or the star of Bethlehem. <laughs> we have this terribly misshapen cardboard star that one of the kids cut out many years ago, and we covered it with tin foil, which is all now ratty and probably needs to be rewrapped, but the memories are too precious. And so all of those things make an appearance in our play, and we have so much fun together. We laugh. I'm always the narrator. Uh, but... Not once have we allowed the significance of the story to get lost in the drama. Not once. We always come to the end of the story, the end of the play, 
And you know who takes a couple of minutes to just tie it all together. We'll often have friends or family members with us who don't know Jesus and don't love Jesus. We don't want them to leave that, that evening without hearing about the Prince of Peace. Jesus left the glory of heaven and became the Prince of Peace so that we could live at peace with God and we could be at peace with ourselves, finally and fully, and we can be at peace with other people. So as we close this morning, let me just ask you, let me just ask you, and I think you knew this was coming, is there somebody in your life with whom you need to make peace this Christmas? You know the name, you see the face. But would you please remember that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he will help you with that. He will help you make peace with whoever it is God has laid on your heart. So just do it. Second, let me ask, are you really at peace with yourself? Are you okay with the decisions you're making, the the choices you're making, the, the ethics by which, the values by which you live? Are you really okay with that? Are you at peace with yourself? I'd encourage you to talk to the Prince of Peace about that because he, he really cares about those things. He really does. And if, if he counts the hairs on your head, and in my case, it doesn't take very long, or, or he doesn't let a sparrow fall to the ground without knowing, without caring about it, he certainly cares about these things that you're struggling with in your life to come to peace in yourself. So just talk to him. Don't forget, he's not only the Prince of Peace, he's also the wonderful counselor. And he'll give you the counsel and the guidance that you need to set that stuff straight. And the most important question of all, do you have peace with God? Do you have peace with God? Have you made your peace with God? Have you transferred your trust from whatever system of, of ideology you believe in, or maybe you just believe in yourself? Have you, have you made that shift and, and placed all of your trust and confidence yet in Jesus? Because that's the only way that you, you, you can make peace with God. It's the only, it's the only way you can have the, the peace that God brings is through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Folks, in in spite of the tremendous turmoil in our world today, in spite of overwhelming brokenness in the lives of people that we love and care about, in spite of the bad news reports that you, you hear about all over the place, Jesus Christ is still the Prince of Peace. And He cares about you. And He loves you. Won't you come to Him this Christmas and put your full trust in Him? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning for simple worship, passionate prayer, and teaching from the Word of God. We pray, Lord, that you would open the eyes and the ears of of people who still need to put their faith in Jesus, and perhaps even this morning, perhaps even in this audience, there will be one or two or, or five who transfer their trust to Jesus. Simply saying, Lord, I need you. I recognize that I can't live this life on my own, in my own strength. 
and I need you. So I'm going to place all of my trust and all of my faith in Jesus, this Savior who came as a baby and lived out a perfect life and died on the cross and came out of the grave alive for me. I'm going to put my faith and my trust in him today. And then, Lord, would you flood our hearts afresh with the peace of God, the peace that passes all human understanding, the peace that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know what situations our people are facing this morning, Father, but you do. And so we commit them to you. We commend each and every person in this audience this morning to you. Holy Spirit, would you do your work in our lives? Finish what you've started. We invite you to do that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.